Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I am Blake Fisher. I am joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons because we host this podcast. That's just who is on this podcast. I don't know why we even say the names anymore, but that's us. Maybe they're just popping in for the first time for they this episode. They could be. You're right. And so if you are, thanks for joining us. And if it's not your first album, also thank you for joining us. And if you like the podcast, give us an awesome review. It's all we want for Christmas this year mm-hmm. is five-star reviews from everyone that listens to this. So you can subscribe to us. That helps us. You can give us a review. You could uh, actually like maybe print out the podcast like a like some sort of thing and put it in a stocking stuffer for someone. Yeah. Does nice. that work? Do podcasts work like That's that? That's a great gift. No? I think so. You could put yeah. your iPhone in someone else's stocking with it ready to go and a pair of headphones. Yeah, that seems appropriate. Yeah, Make so them listen gonna, to yeah. a whole episode right there in front of you. And we're not asking you to buy a new iPhone. Like go on Craigslist, find something a little older. It's cool. I right. uh, hope it's yeah. not, you know, locked down to the old owner. I hear that happens. If that happens to you, you know, don't worry about the review. Just because you've gone through all that, you trouble. went enough. Yeah, you did enough effort. Yeah, or, uh, or like if you if you barely want to do anything, I guess you could share it with your friends. That's true. You could text someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Do any yeah. of the various versions of stories now? They're just it's the same thing on every app. You just know, called just something do a story else. about our podcast. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, we're glad you're here. Today we are doing uh, the 2007 album by Paramore titled Riot! Exclamation point. So I guess it's more like, Riot! <laughs> Is that how I'm supposed to say it? It's exactly <laughs> woke, right. I just woke everyone up in my house probably. Worth it. Uh, Worth um, it. Yeah, so let's just dive right in. Um, I did the quote-unquote research on this one, although I'm sure we all have some tidbits of information, so feel free to jump in and, and interrupt me uh, if you if you need to, fellas. Release date is June 12, 2007. Label fueled by ramen. This is one of those sort of things where really it's Atlantic, I think, uh, behind the sort of like, hey, we want to make you a cool band, but to do that, you need some indie cred on an indie label. Uh, so their first couple were on Fueled by Ramen, um, uh, produced by David Bendeth. I think I'm maybe uh, pronouncing that right. And uh, this is, of course, their sophomore album. Uh, this thing eventually goes double platinum. That's over two million copies, uh, which is pretty significant, um, especially like 2007. We were like, you know, through all of the 2000s, we were just doing this like downward trajectory on album sales. Uh, they kept getting lower and lower as far as what was. So uh, 2 million in 2007 was pretty, uh, pretty impressive, pretty, pretty impressive, uh, I I would say. So um, a couple things that I thought were worth talking about, uh, less about the album and more so kind of like timeline of everything, because this is where I was a little confused about what was going on. Timeline of like who was in the band, who wasn't in the band. So uh you know Taylor York who's now the guitarist is not in the band yet i guess he starts playing with them after this is recorded so he didn't record on this at all but he's playing with them directly after it that's why i was so confused about the timeline cuz i was like well he's in the band but um and then shortly and then obviously they do one more album and the Farrell brothers leave the band so then Taylor becomes kind of the main guitarist so there's kind of this I, I don't know. I guess there's sort of a pre and post, like it's Pharaoh Brothers for these first three records. And then the next three that come, it's Taylor York uh, doing all the guitar stuff. And uh, and so uh, to me, that's a, a an important mm-hmm. uh, uh, part of the band as far as that switch. And so uh, 
something we'll probably talk about more as we talk about track by track on the album. But um, and then Haley's 18 years old when this album is released. So Jeez. I think that's another important thing to keep in mind is that we are literally talking about teenagers. I know we always we've had a lot of these albums where we talk about how young these people were in the bands, but they were all in their early 20s normally uh, when we're talking about them being young. Uh, but I think this is probably legitimately the youngest outside of maybe that brand new album we did. Those guys were about 19 or 20 about that time too, but she's 18 when this happens. So uh, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind that she's 17 when she writes all these songs. Um, They were so unrelated to like this album in general, but just stuff that I thought was interesting. I mentioned the Atlantic thing because uh, everyone was doing that kind of thing. And obviously why would a major label not be interested in this band? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you've got uh, the vocal talents of, I mean, I think one of the best singers of the last 20 years uh, leading this and in the middle of interested in doing a genre that like is super popular at the time too. So, I mean, it's just a, that's a really good combination going on. Um, which this is crazy to me. I was in, in researching this. I, I guess Josh Farrow, when he left the band later, called them a manufactured product of a major label riding on the coattails of Haley's Dream. And I'm kind of like, what? I mean, like nothing ever sounded manufactured about Par- Paramore to me. I mean, did you guys ever get that impression? No. No. Not at all. Like, like Avril Lavigne seemed like someone went, ah, you know what we need to do is like this girl, if she was a little like punky looking and like, you know, that felt manufactured but but also not even i would even say like not even that much right like i don't know no not a ton but just like you heard that like she used to like to sing country songs and stuff like that and all of a sudden this was like and like obviously there were other writers that wrote all those songs and stuff this is like Haley and those other guys writing these songs right there weren't like outside writers it's all very like you know it's unique sounding i mean it's like i mean it's not like unique and not the girl singer but it was it had its own sound. Like you, they, you didn't mistake them for someone else. Right. Yeah. I, no. I, I think that's, I, I agree with you. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I think that sounds like just bitterness Yeah, is what that sounds they're like. They're like manu, they're just this manufactured female fronted, awesome pop rock group, just like all the rest of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm Tales like, how many of those time. are there? I'm sorry. Like there's not enough. I mean, we are woefully uh, deprived of of enough like like true rock and roller girls. Totally, like, there's just oh, not absolutely yeah. It's there's like not enough of them. Gwen Stefani, Gap, Gap, Gap. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, it's like heart, gigantic Gap, and yeah. then yeah, and then eventually, no doubt, comes out maybe another giant Gap, Paramore. I mean, it's like and, and like she's a true rock star. I'm not like absolutely, you know, and. Uh, and those just, I mean, first of all, someone just like with that much talent doesn't come along in any kind of band, like regardless of, you know, gender or age or any of that kind of stuff. But anyway, I just thought that was an interesting quote to be like, I'd never considered them manufactured or anything. And obviously I'm not going to get into the personal stuff. I feel like that's kind of dumb because who knows what actually went on behind the scenes. But obviously I'm guessing that them leaving the band obviously was not um, wonderful at the time, but uh, anyway, that happens way after this album, uh, you know, like two years. Um, so not necessary to the narrative, but I just thought that those timelines were maybe a little bit important. Um, but other than that, I really don't have a lot about the album specifically. I mean, it's, you know, sophomore album, like I said, uh, 
I, I actually don't have a lot about like the recording process. It doesn't sound like there was a lot about like it specifically. I mean, I just kind of looked at songwriting, producing stuff like that, but, uh, you guys find anything out that you don't want to talk about during the song by song. I, I have a, I have a first impression story if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do, yeah. Let's go for the first impressions then first impression, Kyle. Okay. So in 2006, um, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I used to play in a band. And <laughs> in 2000, new information. <laughs> FYI, Record guys. Scratch. Um, in 2006, I actually signed a, a record deal with a Christian label. I don't even know if you guys knew this, that I signed a, a record deal with Flickr, but never put out a record. I remember that, yeah. Um, and so, but I did go on tour. And um, there's this great band back then called Waverly that we toured with, and oh, yeah. and there was a, a a they were not the headliners. There was this like um, this Christian uh, like maybe metal alternative. I, I don't know. Like uh, sounds bad. Like Breaking ben, like Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh. like a Christian version yeah, of that. Okay. And actually, yeah. I think that they were like co-writers with Breaking Benjamin. The band is called Red. They were nice guys. Nothing wrong with them. Their brother, excuse me, their drummer, uh, his brother was Hunter Lamb, the original guitarist in Paramore. And somehow at that time, because we were talking to all kinds of labels and trying to be a, a real band, we got our hands on a on an advanced copy of Riot. And we were rocking oh, cool. the crap out of it. Like it was so good. And I liked their record prior to this, but like this was just next level. This holy, is quite a bit. This better. was yeah. holy crap, this band's about to be huge. And yeah. I remember us like listening nonstop and then realizing so Hunter was filling in on guitar for Red and being like, Whoa, you're the dude from Paramore. And like meeting him, nice guy, and then and then being like, but didn't you play for Paramore? And he's like, yeah, man, um, they've just changed. And wait till you hear their new stuff, but it's really terrible. And I just couldn't stick around, and I'm just not in the band anymore. That can't be the real story, though, right? I mean, it I can't mean, as far be the, as like it can't be the real story. But I cannot express to you like. I was in a room of probably 10 other dudes who were just talking about how much butt this album kicks and like how this, how Paramore was going to be famous. Like they're about <laughs> to be Did you call famous. him out on it? Did you go, you're wrong to this band is amazing? Dude, the air left the room. It was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Like, no, we didn't say we heard it. It was just like, oh, that's a bummer to hear that. So did he record good. it all on that album? Do you know? So according to Wikipedia, the which is never wrong, says 2007. Yeah. <laughs> um, it doesn't have him. It doesn't credit him to recording any of it. Yeah. But like, I, th I mean, the way that he, the way that he presented himself as exiting was like, they started demoing it. He didn't like it. He was not into the direction and he left. And so that kind of lines up with the way that the personnel is presented online. And so, yeah, yeah. and so like this, like for real, there's not, 
I, I mean, it'd be an exaggeration to say day, but there's probably not a month that goes by that I've not thought of this dude for the last 14 years. Because I'm like, crazy. this dude quit Paramore before they freaking blew up and became a gigantic band. Now, Chris, just so you, oh. Chris, just so you know, I would have left our band in a heartbeat <laughs> to hitch my wagon to Haley. Just so, oh yeah, like if she, if that, yeah. But if any chance that happened, that I, someone I, that I, talented with a girl in the front singing that well, I'd have been like, yeah, what? I'm sorry, I have to do I, this. I and, don't know if anybody called him out on it. Like, uh, my, I mean, I know that. I know that Benji was playing with us on that tour and he like, he may have, I just remember we were all just like, Oh, like, uh, I, instead of like wanting to call him out, we just felt bad for him. Like, Oh, you know, like, Oh, this, there, there. this is not, this is not true. This cannot be the full story. I am so sorry that you just exited this band. And so yeah. that's my, that's my Paramore riot story. And then also side note, uh, one of the first, A&R reps that ever, that I ever met, that ever called me, that courted me for years is Taylor York's brother, Chris York. I was good buds with him for a long time. And, um, and actually their brother, Justin plays live with Paramore all the time. And I believe, I mean, I think he may be an unofficial official member at this point too. I mean, so yeah, they've got two guys that are always on the tour stuff. I don't know if they do that. Yeah, because Haley Haley is, I mean, it is true. She's the only one signed. I think they are unofficially a backup band. That's how most of, I bet Taylor signed to you. Would be my guess now. Just be, well, he's, he's, he's writing. So, I mean, Yeah. yeah, he, Anytime, I mean, that's how it goes on most of these album things. It's like the same that we've talked about before. Travis Barker was not signed to a label until like after the self-titled or untitled Bling Way 2 album. I'm pretty right. sure. Like, but but when you're framing like someone in a band or as a touring musician, you yeah. know, that's, I, I think, feel like that's the, that can be like a linchpin. Like, okay, sure. If yeah. you're actually like on the record deal, that means like you are. Like yeah. you're in the band. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's like those touring guys aren't playing on records and stuff like that. And that's fine. I mean, right. Like, you know, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I would. So I say, I say all that yeah. to say that I've been bummed out for that dude for years and years. But at the same time, I think, I think what Taylor brought to this band oh, is, he's so oh good. man, he's, he's so good. Him and Justin and obviously have just he's done not, such a good job. So he has nothing to do with this album, which is funny, but he has something I mean, to do with it. Like, he, he co-wrote a song. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, but I don't think he recorded on it. Maybe, maybe he didn't, but he did. Maybe not. I don't it. know. I, I don't have enough information on that. But yeah. either way, when he eventually becomes like the main co-writer, um, I, you know, we'll talk about that towards the end. But I mean, I think they get way better. I think yeah. that it all worked out pretty well uh, creatively sure. for for them. I think that they could have gotten in a rut um, otherwise. So, uh, Chris, what about your first impressions um, of the band or this album or both? Dude, I was never a big like into Paramore person. So That's I kinda right. knew I kinda knew of them. Um and I you know, I like the singles and stuff, but I don't know why I just never it's weird too, because I was like buddies with you guys and apparently you guys really into this band. I wasn't all I'm, in uh, like okay. I wasn't all in all in until uh, like their self titled one was the one that really made me go like, Oh my gosh, like this is, is I that really, the one I liked, after this? That's the two after this. So there's, um, okay. Totally What's the one the with like, ain't it fun? And is that after this? That that is, brand new, yeah. No, that's brand new two eyes. after that. 
That's the one you're talking no, about? No, Brand New Eyes is the one after this, and I'm talking about Self-Titled, which is the one you are talking about, Chris, which is okay. 2013, Right, that, that's the first time I started. I, I was like, okay, these guys are really cool. Not, not, I'm not saying anything bad about these records. I'm just saying, yeah. like, then I started going backwards, so... Um, yeah, I had so, the other records. I really liked them, but that was the one that really solidified them as like, okay, this band is yeah uh, is now one of my favorite bands. But. So yeah, so this album as a complete piece of music, like I was never like just super stoked about listening to it back to back, but I I think it's got some really cool like high points and um yeah so and obviously like Misery Business I think is like one of the coolest punk rock rock and roll songs from that time and I loved playing it on um what was that uh guitar hero mm. yeah oh yeah yeah because they had that was when the drums came out i remember playing this song like a like 90 million times in a row yeah i mean i think my first impression for them as a band was kind of i didn't really i didn't hear their first album i think i'd heard their yeah. name but i hadn't really heard them but then heard them on this album and i think the first impression is kind of what i talked about a second ago it's like to get you know a girl lead singer which is like something I'd always wanted to be in a band with. I just like always tried to make that work and never worked out. Um, And then not just like, Oh, a girl lead singer, like a vocal phenom. Like she's, yeah, she's got some freaking pipes, man. Good. And she's got the attitude and that the presence and all like all checks off all the boxes that she's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) She's great. And so, I mean, that was just the initial, like, um, you know, probably one of the first impressions. I mean, I saw her on like some live thing, you know, it was like not, and you're just like, Oh my gosh, like she's actually good. Cause this is like when everyone can be auto-tuned and time corrected. Right. So sometimes you heard something and you were like, yeah, let's see. I mean, and I really didn't have any faith that like a bunch of 18 year olds were going to really actually be that good. And then like, it was like some acoustic thing or whatever, like one of those radio station kind of performances or whatever, where it's just like, you can't hide behind <laughs> a bad vocal on that kind of thing. And she was really awesome. And you're just like, okay, that's really cool that someone has those pipes and is that young and tiny. She's so little. Mm. Uh, I don't know where the lung capacity comes from um, for some of the stuff. So that was my first impression for them as a band. And then, and yeah, so this album is really, even though it's their sophomore album, it's really the one that kind of introduced, I think, most people to this band, including myself. Um, mm. And I really liked it, but it wasn't, it like, as you mentioned, Chris, it's not the thing that solidified them as like a one of my favorite bands. Like it was like, oh, I really like this album. They're awesome. Yeah. But they're young still. It wasn't, you know, it's it shows. not a perfect yeah. album and it shows. Yeah. And I think they get better with every album kind of thing. Yeah. It's um, uh, like when you're talking about how she was 18. I mean, like I'm not I'm not like, you know. I mean, when I was 18, <laughs> wasn't <Yeah>. this good? <laughs> like, so obviously, uh, but, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting too. Cause like, it's definitely, it's way, way good for a fuel by ramen record. So, you know, there was some, uh, yes. <laughs> some manufacturing going on. Not, not really. I was, uh, that was a callback from, from that, uh, thing you said about the, yeah, but the, I mean, you know, at least but, there's some like budget yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. 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 You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like That's when like... you, when you look at the producers and the folks that worked on these records and they, they all got credits for arranging, I mean, they, they had some help from higher places to, to, to tweak the sound a little bit, I think. Yeah. I mean, so I think the oldest member of this band when this album is released is probably, 22 it's jeremy the bass player i think it's probably the, the so i mean like they're all young this is not just the fact that um you know and that's just that's a quite a feat a double platinum record um at that age sophomore record which is a hard one to write anyway yeah um 
uh, anyway, so they did a good job. That's kind of my first impression. But I, I, I like I would say that I didn't. Um, same thing. It was like immediately I was like, ah, oh, these like kids are awesome. But I was like, it was more of an excitement of seeing what would happen next. I liked it a lot. Yeah, and I think it's that's a good one to put it. Some. I like that um, take. Yeah, but the manufactured product stuff is never struck me. I mean, I never would have ever been like, oh, this sounds like someone was like, oh, we need a punk rock girl led band. Like that just is not what right. it sounded like. It sounded like they actually liked that kind of music. It seemed super genuine with its own kind of flavor. Never yeah. got that. Well, vibe. I would I would also say to anybody saying this was a manufactured product that like typically if some if you're claiming that something is, there are other things that came after that look like it and i'm just like i can't find right i can't even find the ones after it that are trying to be paramore you know what i mean like you can hear her voice on anything i heard her on like some dance dancey song that she was like well she she was on that bob track that's Haley. the airplanes oh that's right i mean so she's good yeah she um she could sing well let's jump to track by track uh and, and let's get into that um, so let's go with track one, which is for a pessimist. I'm pretty optimistic. Kyle, what about you? Thoughts on first track of the record? So I think it's a great opening track. Um, I like the dynamics of the song. I do have a song that's, I do have a question for you guys, and this is going to sound like I'm being, this is going to sound like a joke, but it is not a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm. There will be foreshadowing in this, but unfortunately this is the, I did not choose the order of this, of this record. So. My you didn't. You, did you weren't involved. I was not involved. I'll that vouch is, for that. Is a fact. Um, fact check. My I'll question sure. is, if they will no longer play "Misery Business" because oh, it we'll is talk about that be, we'll... because it's because it's you know not uh, feminist, then will they no longer play this because she calls in she calls the this dude's masculinity into question in this in the bridge of this song. She's, I think the difference is they probably uh, haven't played this one live <laughs> since 2007 or 2008 anyway. Because it's like, it's a fine song, but I don't think it like makes the set list when you've got some of these Bro, other Bro, they're about to tour this one on the anniversary and, you know, they got to play it all the way through. So well, I'm sure they will. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying like, I don't think that conundrum has come up for them to, oh, should we, are we going to have to strike for a pessimist? I'm pretty optimistic, which we'll get to when we talked about Mizzy Britt. We might as well just like get through the first three tracks. Okay, okay. We're, we're, gonna, mate, we'll we're both going to rant about hey, Misery Business in Let's second. put a bookmark in it. And we'll put a little pin in pin, that. Put a pin in that. Because, put a pin because in that. I, I mean, I'm just curious because it did immediately, when I listened to it today, it immediately struck me like, well, I mean, like on the first track, she's like, hey, dude, be a man and fight someone. And yeah. it's like, I can't sing misery business because I'm not being nice to this girl. And, um, you know, also I say she wrote the song. She can sing it if she wants to or not sing it. So, um, moving right along. 
Good opening song. All right, Chris, what, what are your <laughs> thoughts on opening track for a pessimist? I'm pretty optimistic. Well, dude, it's a killer opening track. Um, God, there's so many riffs in this freaking record. Yeah. Guitar player goes nuts. Um, yeah, it's is, a good band. That's the other. I mean, oh, like, no, no. They're for, for talking about young. like the musicians are, they're good. So this like, would be they, Josh that playing guitar on this. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Josh is, uh, yeah, Josh playing guitar. Um, Zach's the drummer. Okay, Zach's the drummer. Sure the names, and right? um, I just yeah. said his name a second. Jeremy is the bass player. Although there's some weird Jeremy timelines too. Like he was in the band, out of the band, in the band, out of the band. Yeah, he's kind of in and out. Some um, codependency going on, like who, you know, but he's like a, he's I, a, I can't live with you, I can't live without you. He's a very good bass player, though. Yeah, um, yeah. He doesn't I, shine as much on this album as he starts to on the next couple, but like he gets really good. Um, there's one song where he does. We'll talk about that. No, no. Put yeah, a pin we'll, in that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I I read that he they they specifically wrote this song just to kind of be like a live banger and um, pulled it off like one of those songs that just kind of like popped out. Um, and yeah, it, it's a it's a cool way to open open the album up. I really I like pick, the song. I picked that clip just because I like her um, her like attitude on those verses. Yeah. is is what makes her sassy awesome. Is like she uh, has a nice bite to her uh, vocals sometimes. Um, and also, there's other points of this record we'll talk about where she sings beautifully. But I like that she's got that kind of growl to it uh, in the verses here. Uh, so yeah, I think it's a good track. Uh, good, good introduction to the rest of the record. I think it sets a decent tone. All the things you're supposed to do on that first track. Um, but let's go to track two uh, so that we can get to track four eventually. Uh, so anyway, track two, uh, if you're going to also do something in a record for order, track two needs to be take it up a notch, yep. which uh, I think they do pretty well with uh, That's What You Get. Here we go. Mr. Monier, what are your thoughts on That's What You Get? Jeez, such a great song. I, I mean, know, they're, they're so young. Hooks on hooks song? on hooks on hooks. It's, I mean, it, it's just, it's an incredibly written song. I love the uh, pre-chorus, like, because it just freaking rips. And then, yeah. you know, um, it goes to that great chorus. And that, that, that is a timeless chorus there. Um, I hate them. Good job. This is definitely the song that caught my attention more yeah. so than Misery Business. Like, no, this it is, is the one poppy, that I was like, poppy, oh, poppy. Like wow. it almost doesn't go with the aesthetic that they were definitely pushing. Like we're like a punk rock band. Like this is a pop rock song, but it's super good. I don't, I don't care what genre it is. I love the like basically taking the melody of nana nana boo boo <laughs> and turning it into this yeah. kind of taunting chorus. I mean, it's like it's basically that melody. Um. And it's just really good. I can't believe they were that young and wrote, like I said, this is like a really big jump up for track two. It's like, oh, yeah, here yeah. we go. We got some more for you. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on That's What You Get? I mean, it is a banger. And also, I, this is the one that Taylor helped write, correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, uh, I'll look that up. So, and make sure right, I mean, that's a pretty... That's exactly right. It's yes. a pretty solid uh, first... Uh, writing gig with the band as far as i'm concerned oh and that is uh, yeah. i so yes and now i see the so taylor see i'm learning 
as we talk about You're learning this game as we from talk. you guys. You're processing. So Taylor, yeah, yeah. So Taylor is more of an influence later, right? Yeah, yeah he doesn't. Okay, really so I, I can hear it. Yet. I can absolutely hear like how this song has kind of a different style and direction, but yeah. like, it sounds more like what they come out with later. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Yep, and uh, that's the only one he co-writes on the record. Yep. Um, but then on the next one, there's more, and then by the one after that, it's all him and Haley. And so, yeah, I think that you this is a, you do get a little taste of him. I think in this for sure, especially I look. I don't know for sure, but those um, after that pre-chorus with all the craziness, and then it goes to those chill guitars again that are just like mm-hmm. uh, that feels like him because he continues to. I mean, the whole last record of theirs after laughter is like that tone. Yep. So it wouldn't shock me if he had something to do with that part. Um, who knows? I mean, I'm totally BSing my way through this, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it sounds like Taylor. I mean, like that continues to be uh, Paramore. Uh, yeah, man, good job. Good guitar tones, good melodies. Melodies all over the place, as Chris said. Hooks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, she wrote this and she was like 17. The video's great too, because it's just them like hanging out. I think uh read a thing about them being like, they didn't want to do a big production video because they were just so tired. They'd like been touring for forever and they were like, we just want to like hang out with our friends and shoot a video. And they're like, okay, <laughs> it's sure, uh, let's do it. It's so manufactured guys. There's just so many yeah. songs like this. There's, it's just so easy to make songs like this. <laughs> yeah. Baloney because <laughs> yeah, this song is still as good as it was back then. Like mm-hmm. I, I still hear this intro of this song and it's just like, Oh man, that's a, and it's good from the get go. I, mean, I think not, it doesn't that, take any time to ramp into it. I wish I kind of wish you hadn't read that, Blake, because it's just going to keep rubbing me raw the further we get into yeah, this record. I, that's why I wrote it down. I was so blown away when I read it, that. It, quote, do, it just, just like, feels like sour grapes because I'm like, it does. He, I mean, every every record executive in the world wishes that this was manufactured because if it was if it was easy <laughs> if to it was that easy they would keep doing it then, yeah then they would oh, be that's doing a great point yeah, so. that is such a good point uh, do yeah. uh let's do a, a paramore again uh, get that guy that manufactured that go find him yeah we sold like two million of those that'd be great let's just make one of those yeah yeah just t- turn one out kind of like rocky not. movies you know just like whenever you need a little more money <laughs> Stallone's just like better make another Rocky. I didn't Rocky. That's not a very good. Song. <laughs> Either one of our impressions were very good. I think we just did a hate crime. <laughs> that was not, not good. good. All right, let's go to let's go to track three. Hallelujah. Kyle, what do you think about Hallelujah, dude? That that freaking guitar tone right there, the the chugga chugs, uh, is awesome. But like this, this is a headbanger song, man. Like it is just throw your lighters up and and bang your head. Like it, it, it is an awesome song. It's freaking great. And for me, I remember this one specifically standing out to me. I'm a sucker for anything that's that does like that halftime feel. Halftime, yeah, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I love it. It's it's a standout track for me. 
And also, yeah, she's really, showing off too. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah the, her little going to the word. head voice yeah. on yeah. in the chorus. You're like, oh, there's the pretty side that I was talking about. Oh, she can just ago, do that, like, you know, because it's manufactured. <laughs> and like, Kyle keeps ringing that bell. <laughs> he will. I love it, Chris. What are your thoughts on Dude, the Hallelujah? I I always love songs that had really epic sounding. Um, guitar riffs just dry like to open up because the cool thing about writing a song like that is it's just built for a live show because you can keep playing that riff over and over and like amp up the crowd and so um i i love how this song is put together and then it's really great and her vocals are amazing and like you said she does that um falsetto head voice thing and it just but it sounds it still sounds like she's like right there, like especially if you're listening to it in headphones. Yep. Like she's she's like, that's not easy to do. I'm I mean I'm not a professional singer by any means, but I I just know that like if you're singing in that voice to be able to push it out with that much strength is incredibly difficult. So and jump from one to the other, yeah, like right. Jump from just, the, yeah, seamlessly like, the yeah. like belting to like that, and then jumping in her head voice like that. Yeah. It's that, it's not easy. That, I'm terrible at it. That's exactly right, Blake. Like. That I don't know that people I don't know that people understand that like it she's not just singing good. Like it's not that yeah. she's just a great singer, that she can go back and forth. Like I don't think people understand how hard that is. Well, why and, would they? If you're really talented <laughs> right. and you make it sound easy, that's she, the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it she, sounds she, easy when someone's super talented is doing it. She makes it sound uh, easy. I do think the guitar line is the exact same as a Sherwood song, which I'm now trying to look at which one came first. I think Sherwood's was first, but no. it's like the same rhythm and, uh, and melody. We, I don't we, think yeah. anyone was ripping anyone off. It's four notes, so it's Go, not get, that. Get paid, Sherwood. Get paid. <laughs> it's not. I don't Two think million you take worldwide. To, I don't think you could take it to court or anything, uh, but it is kind of the same riff, so I'll, I'll put that in the show notes if someone's interested in that Sherwood song, another great band from around that time. Uh, let's go to the aforementioned misery business, uh, which we will have much to discuss about. Here we go. So as Kyle mentioned earlier, um, I guess now, as of late, and the last time I saw them, they did say this on stage, like they weren't going to, they're going to stop playing this song live. Um, did, because Did the crowd respond when they said something? You know, I don't remember exactly. Because um, she didn't like full out go into it. She just said like, hey, we're not going to play Misery Business next song. No, no, they played it. Oh. But they kind of mentioned that it might be like, Oh, I see. This might be the last tour they, they better they enjoy this. It. Yeah, and she didn't go into all the details. But anyway, the I mean, gosh, I this is gonna be my rant, so I apologize. But like I think it's incredibly stupid to be held to some standard of lyrics of a song that like aren't feminist enough or whatever. And by the cause the line we're talking about is 
the like once a whore, nothing more. That's the line. That's the entire thing. The the controversy of this entire song is about. And yeah, like that's not super nice. I would not call a high school girl a whore. Like that, like that's not my personal preference of how to talk to a person. But I just don't. I'm just so tired of political correctness, like in infiltrating art specifically, comedy, music, movies, whatever it is. Especially when it's like, it'd be different if I wrote the lyric and you were like, hey, well, that's not very cool to girls. But it's like, this is a girl. And clearly the context of the song is not like, like the whole point of it is like, she's not going to let sexuality. I mean, to me, at least the lyrics are very much like, I'm not going to do the things that, you know, maybe other people feel like they need to, to get attention from guys. I mean, am I wrong in reading the lyrics as such a thing? I mean, the whole line that we just played, the I refuse, I refuse. I don't know. Anyway, it drives me nuts <laughs> that she's caving to this pressure of like, she's not feminist enough when here's she's this super awesome, cool rock star girl. Like, I have no problem with my daughter's love paramour. Like, and it just bugs me. It drives me nuts that you wouldn't play a song that's that good. And she wrote it when she was 17. Yeah. Like, are you not allowed to like, a evolve and B like be able to go like, yeah, I wrote that song and maybe I don't feel that way anymore. But like, I don't think artists should even just play the songs that they feel like playing because I mean, it's like, that's never going to be the same. You're never going to be in the mode you were when you wrote a song or an album that, you know, that was 13 years ago at this point. I don't expect her to be 30 and feel the same way she did when she was 17 about every lyric she wrote. She probably didn't feel the same way about a lot of other lyrics she wrote, but that doesn't mean that like, that song means a lot to a lot of people, and and I just think it's dumb to not play it. Am I alone? No, I, you're not <laughs> alone. That. So I, I'm going to agree with you, Blake, but also I do think that like if she doesn't want to sing it because of that, then then I get then she doesn't have to sing it. I completely get that. Um, but do you think it's but do you think it's her like well, she totally feels that way, well, or do you think it was pressure from outside? Well, what I was going to say is if you listen to her new album, which is cool, uh, Pedals for Armor. Yeah. She it's has some cool. very not nice things to say about a specific dude. Right. And I'm like... What's the difference? Well, I would say the difference is what she says about the dude is considerably meaner than calling him a whore. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm just like... But that's what I'm talking about. It's political wait, correctness. It's not wait, that Kyle. she doesn't think you shouldn't say nice... It's not that she doesn't think you can't say mean things about people. It's that specifically, it's because she said she's it about slut, a girl. She's slut shamed. Kyle, well, are, yeah. are you, you you really like that band though? So are you? Did you take it a little personally? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Chris? How dare you insult my listen? Not Chad. no. <laughs> Chadwick? <laughs> no, listen. But, okay, but hey, that's a good talking point. about I, the same guy. <laughs> listen, I'm not gonna. Let me first say this. I am not going to support or condone it. If someone is found out for doing bad things, I'm I'm off the train. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm out. Uh now that doesn't but I I am with you on this, Blake. That doesn't make the music or art that they created bad. Um I agree. And, yeah. and so like it's And it's not like he she called her out by some name and listed her address or something like that. I mean, my goodness, we don't even know who this is that she's talking about. She's so, oh, like, we we know. She, I don't. I don't. No, me neither. You're right. I was, I was hoping that you guys. But either way, the point is, my my point is, if she decided that on her own, fine. Although in this case, I would still call it stupid because you're right. She still writes mean lyrics about other people, and it's okay. So it's like, like Prince decided at one point he was like, I'm not gonna play when he like 
becomes a Christian or whatever, he decides I'm not going to play any of my sexual stuff anymore. I'm not going to play any of those sexual songs. Mistake. But like, but he stopped writing and playing any of those songs because he felt convicted about it. Like to me, I go, okay. Did he? Did he? That's fine. Did, is this true? Did he never do that again? Oh yeah. I didn't I mean, know I don't know that. never, but I know, like, I think I'm pretty sure he didn't play, like, those hit, the, like, some of those more sexual hits after that <laughs> at some point. But my point is, at least I'm like, okay, that's a personal conviction. Sure. I still, it's still weird to me because you have these hits that people love and I would play them personally, well, but, and also, but that's fine. But if it's outside pressure at all, I hate it. I hate it when people tell comedians they can't say certain things. I hate it if it's like, oh, you can't do that anymore because it's not, and like, we're just like... It just drives me crazy because it, it like makes people not want to be real. Well, I think also I think Haley's weird. being real in the lyrics of these songs. I think it's weird to la- like. I I am definitely at a point in my life where I think it's strange to label any kind of art, specifically any kind of like writing, whether that be a novel or or like a screenplay or a or music as good or bad. Like it makes absolutely no sense to say like. Yes, go create your art, go write something, but only do it with this brush. Like you cannot write about these things. Now, I saying all of that, like there's there's stuff that I don't want to hear about and there are things that there are opinions that I that I personally don't want to hear and 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 I will avoid them and I will not buy those records. But that's fine. That's not, but that's not what happened here. No, totally. Everyone to- loved this song. Totally. <laughs> and but I'm also gonna go back to the fact that like I guess, like, ultimately, if she doesn't want to sing it, then I support her, the fact that she doesn't want to sing it. I don't get it, and I think it's weird, but whatever. Like I said, if that was her decision, yeah, I'm fine with it. I guess I think I still you think question whether or not it was her decision, but it sounds like it's that people were getting onto her for not being sufficiently, you know, woke or feminist enough because she has one line that calls a girl a whore, you know, and I'm like, people were slut shaming, shaming her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, slut shame shaming. There you go. And and I and I also just think it's dumb because, like I said, lyrics of a song specifically are something you can write sometimes in five minutes in in literally the heat of the moment. And this this album this song more than anything certainly sounds like she wrote it in the heat of a moment. You know what I mean? Like it it's like pretty angry and accusatory and all sorts of things and. You know, she probably didn't feel that way even the next week, possibly. And obviously, she doesn't feel like that now because she's thirty. But I don't think you have to always feel the way. You think you maybe she feels bad though because it was it. such a hit, like? I mean, maybe I don't know. I, I mean, I wish I could ask her, but I mean, let's call her up. Let's say <laughs> whenever, never. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I, I guess it just, like, that's what bothers me. I don't like the outward pressure. If you yeah. want to decide all on your own, that's okay. Although, like I said, like, like seeing some kid get up on stage and seeing the bridge of this with her at every show I've seen them play is like the coolest part of yeah. the show. It's like, it's awesome. And everyone's singing along. And like, that's to me, just like, you can't capture that magic in a bottle very often. And they have it with that song. And so to not play it, like feels a little bit of a disservice to the fans, but I don't think anyone's going to like not go to a Paramore show because they don't play that. It kind of makes me wonder really if what band, really happened but... is Josh Farrow wrote that line. <laughs> I doubt it. I bet she, I think she wrote all the lyrics. Everything I read about was like, she, well, maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong about that. 
I would think that she wrote all that, though. I mean, I, I find it very hard to believe that one of the guys in the band was like, I think I know how you feel, Haley. Let me- here's, here's what you mean, Haley. What you're trying yeah. to say is... So that's my giant rant. I think it's criminal for this good of a song to not be sang live because her talk about attitude. I mean, it's like just oozing attitude on these verses and I love it. And, um, but that's just me. Chris, do you have any thoughts <laughs> on this song? It's a banger. Oh it yeah, it is very great. Good. I don't know if I said uh, that. The, the, uh, all, I, I did a little research on, on her talking about this song and I, I, it really, it really seems really personal to her. I, I, you should, you should check it out, Blake. I think. I, I don't really catch. I don't really catch the idea that that it was outside pressure, especially uh, if you read the article where she talks about who she wrote it about. It was about Josh's girlfriend, Ooh, and I guess snap. she had a crush on him. So it, it sounds like it might be somebody in her inner circle. Maybe she just started feeling really guilty after all those years. I have no idea. It's pretty interesting though. I guess I just, I, I guess it'd be crazy to, to write a song about somebody for it to blow up and all that stuff. Like maybe, maybe right. uh, she's feeling but, guilty after all those but years. But I also just want songwriters to not have to feel guilty about something they wrote. Like I said, when no, they were 17. I, I, right. Because it doesn't, it's not to, to all the other people. It's not about who it was about, you know, it's about like what it meant to them. Um, right. No one cares the, what it was really about. Yeah, for her. exactly. It means something different to them and it could be completely taken a different way. I don't think you can take that line a different way. Probably. I mean, it, no, it's sounds, pretty, it's pretty on the nose, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like that's not what the, I, I never even caught that. That was a, cause she's saying those lines so fast. I never even caught that line. Oh no. Until I, I didn't know it existed maybe, until you mentioned it today. Like, yeah. Until quite a bit. Yeah, that is a wordy later. ass song. There's no, yeah, there's like, t- <laughs> so anyway, that's my rant about misery business. You're right. She can do whatever she wants, but I just, I, I don't know. I kind of, maybe it's just because we've never had a song that, you know, thousands of people show up and sing at the top of their lung and stuff like that. I just can't imagine ever being like, I'm not going to play that one anymore. And this goes in general just for like, even the people that complain about not playing their, you know, like, Oh, everyone just wants to hear my hit song. It's like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what I do have to say good on her. For at least doing it while she's still cranking out hits, like while while she's still relevant, not like That's true. you know what I mean. Because I could yeah. see someone like <laughs> coming out of the wormwood and like you know what, I'm not gonna sing Last Resort anymore. That's my Papa Roach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna sing that song anymore. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it there, turns out there, it turns out even... we basically ripped off Green Day, and so we're just not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> is there? Is there even a, yeah, I mean, is there even a... Who ripped off Chicago? Yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, it's complicated, I guess, but I just, I can't imagine being like, I'm not going to play a song, but (laughs) I'm not in that position because I've never had a hit song. (laughs) Shocker. All right, well, let's uh, let's get past Misery Business now that we've all thoroughly ranted and raved, or maybe it's just me, but I ranted enough for everyone. So let's go to When It Rains, chill it out a little bit.
guys know I love a good mid-tempo song. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? Ah, this one doesn't do it for me. Oh, man, I like it. Uh, I it's a little bit of a yawner for me. <clears throat> guitar noodling. I like the yawners, I could, though. You I know. know. I always that, like that noodle guitar, man, I'm just like, okay, could we just stop? Yeah, I could deal without <laughs> some of the noodling going on in those in that chorus. Um, they kind of lose me at this part of the record, and then it gets so freaking good. So it's not too disappointing. But yeah, this the, these these next two songs, I, I just they just don't do it for me. Personal opinion. It, that's okay. That's okay. I, I think it's a nice split. Like I said, I no, like no, it good. does divide the record up between the parts I listen to and the parts I skip. Hey-oh! <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what are your thoughts on When It Rains? Man, I like this one. It is a good mid-tempo. I do too. I'm, I'm like, with you. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I kind of, I, I do think it's a, it's like, I do think it's maybe shows their age or something. You know, like I can picture like young people like swaying back yes. and forth to it. But like, it, it's a, it's got a feel good vibe to it, you know? So I dig it. Yeah. It's not even, it's not the best mid-tempo song they ever write for no. sure. But it's like, you can tell this is the start of like, Almost every song in this record, really minus that's what you get in Misery Business, probably for me, are like, oh, there's some really cool stuff here, and I can and then see what is coming down the road. Not that I foresaw it, but like you know, then you listen to the rec- next record, you're like, oh, okay, they're getting the hang of this, and by mm-hmm. the one after that, you're like, oh yeah, they've got this. Now. Oh yeah, you know, totally. And this is kind of the beginning of all that. I feel like, and this is right in that vein too. So I get you, Chris. Your opinion's not wrong. Um, yeah, it's it, yeah, that, like you know, I think you know part of the thing too is uh, since I was ever like really into this record, I you know I I only listened to the singles. So like in the last week listening to these songs, it's like my first time to really like absorb them yeah. because I so I, this I, is I, an honest I, true. Uh, well, because I, I it's funny I noticed I think back when this album came out around there that's when the iTunes store was starting to get a little bigger so you could buy songs definitely yeah yeah so like i own the the singles like on mm-hmm. like the actual like files i, I bought i only bought like apparently i refused to pay ten dollars i paid three dollars so yeah. i could have the three singles so i think you probably i think this is one that i probably like ripped from someone actually so you probably yeah. spent more on this album than i did even actually so to be fair um and kyle got an advanced copy so yeah technically <laughs> you supported them more than we did even though we were the, the hey bigger I, fans I, the I have this on vinyl so i i gave him some money i don't have it on vinyl yet i so i've got some of their other ones but i don't have this one yet so i need to maybe get this one it might be worth a vinyl um uh, okay let's go to let the flames begin Chris, you basically already told us you thought this one was a yawner, but do you have any other, uh, anything to go with it? No, this is just another song where I thought the guitar work was just a little overdone, the the lead guitar part. But I like it by the time it's at that like uh, bridge or outro or whatever, it's just it isolated with that delay. Yeah, it's, I, it's all right. <laughs> and, and I like the connection between this and the part two of it that comes two albums later. 
Oh, like I like that. I'll connection. have to I'll have to check that out because that's not something I'm familiar with. Okay, that sounds it's cool because it's that's when I heard their self titled one and that Glory Part Two I think is what it's called actually. Okay, so, so and slight st- sidebar. So when I was listening to that noodling guitar, I was like, this doesn't remind me of something, but it reminds me of a story. And then I remembered it was it's the song Wonder by Natalie Merchant, like. If you guys have <laughs> 10 minutes, go listen to that song and just listen to the lead guitar player. I swear to God, he never stops. He was in, he's in a room by himself and it's like he made it it made it all the way to the master of the mix and no one ever like remembered to just turn it down. And he was just he's over in his own little world, like no, probably he, he on noodles. drugs. It is crazy. It, none of it is linear. It's all just madness. <laughs> he never stops playing. Just You're I, right on that so, track. It, so it, it didn't remind me of that because it was similar. It just I was like, what is another song where the guitar, I remember thinking about it. So anyway, go listen to that song. Funny, <laughs> it's a funny story that will never get brought up on this podcast again, but you mentioned Natalie Merchant. I saw her at the Windsor Hills movie theater one time and could not convince my friends that it was her. <laughs> she probably looked so normal. I was like, I promise you that's Natalie Merchant. And they were like, no, it's not. I was like, I promise you that is Natalie Merchant in, behind us in line. And then it was like Lilith Fair the next day at, at uh, All Sports Stadium or whatever. I was like, it was her. <laughs> Dang. I knew it. Such a random. Uh, I was like in eighth grade at the time or something. I was like, I promise you that, sir. But you're right. That uh, that music video was on every day on VH1 when I got home from school for like three months. Well, and <laughs> that, I, I the reason I went back and listened to it is because there's an episode of Bob's Burgers where Teddy sings it for the out <laughs> outro lyrics, and it's the funniest thing, man. Uh, I'm gonna go watch it after this because now I have to see it again. It's like once I get it, it's like an earworm. Once I get it in my head, I have to see Teddy sing that song. I went. I definitely went off on a rant. I apologize. I just, That's okay. I Kyle, to talk what are your thoughts? Wonder. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Let the Flames Begin? So I dig it. I don't think that it's perfect, and I do see what Chris is saying about the guitar stuff. I would say that, like, I kind of, I think what I dig about this song is, like, the vibe. Like, it kind of yeah. has a, like, this darker tone, almost like, don't get me wrong, it is not this song. It is not as good as this song, but almost like a pat benatar love is a battlefield esque vibe like a little bit darker uh she's it it feels more like a rock and roll band you know what i mean and so like i'm into that and um and i think it's cool so there's also a little bit of like a this this song always reminded me of like uh afis sing the sorrow oh totally yeah like it definitely has that vibe to it yeah um which I'm sure was an influence on these guys. I mean, that album came up 2005, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sin Sorrow. So yeah, yeah, I would imagine they were listening to this like everyone else at the time. Um, <clears throat> so that always kind of gave me that little vibe. But yeah, I mean, like this is another like foreshadowing to some stuff they end up doing on other albums, but you can tell this is the first time they do it. So they're not, it's like they're learning how to ride a bike on this whole album. It's kind right. of like, it's not perfect, but they are, you can hear the like, the oh that's a snippet that's a thing that's a sound that they're going to repeat later that's a vibe they're going to repeat later they're really still coming into like who they are uniquely as a band you know because they were so manufactured they hadn't had a chance to do that yet kyle yep totally no i'm just kidding um and so yeah i think this is kind of same thing that's why i'm kind of with you chris in the sense that but i like the connections from this to what comes later in the vibes that i liked from them so Kind of a weird roundabout way to say it, but let's go to Miracle. miracle, 
Chris, I'm coming to you first a lot just because I'm curious because you're kind of the outside opinion on this one. Fresh take. Yeah, yeah. So, fresh take. So I'm coming to you first a lot. So fresh take. What's your, what's your your take on Miracle? Dude, I love this song. The chorus has got the hooks to pay the bills, man. It's a it's a great song. Um, I like that little, uh, what do you call that, Kyle? Like, is that a tag? Like, yeah. at the end of the chorus, like, <clears throat> yeah. You know I what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the bridge is like got that part that you started playing, but then it kind of goes in that like rock out part after this. And um, yeah, no, it sucks cool. Do it's uh, funny that you say that, Chris. My note was that I think the chorus is the weakest melody in the song. Really? I think the verses and the bridge are better. Oh, it's not crazy. bad. I just feel like it's like it feels a little pedestrian after that. That verse is awesome. Yeah. I really like the verses. I mean, it's not bad. I'm not saying I, that. Just like Miracle's such a power word, so it, it kind of... <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> Hey, but is it better than Happy Endings, Miracle? <laughs> no. no That's the best be. song about Miracles ever written, yeah. besides well, hymnals. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the best secular song about yes. Miracles, for sure. There we go. Uh, <laughs> our buddies, Happy Endings, were some guys from Springfield, Missouri. We did a lot, ton of shows with, and they had a song, Miracle, that was quite the banger. It was one of those you hear the first time you're like, uh, they're going to be awesome. Like, uh, it never quite worked out that way, but, uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's a the fantastic music business is miracle not, song. It's not nice guys. And I feel like, <laughs> and I feel like the word miracle is one of those things like, um, like writing about Superman or California that everyone does, not everyone, but a lot of people. So you can be like, is this the best miracle song or is that, you know, you can actually have like a, <laughs> like a 64 team tournament for miracle songs or California songs or someone should do that. Um, it's a great idea. Tournament of the, of a lyrical, uh, idea. Maybe, maybe we'll do it at some point. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on miracle? So, uh, I don't know if you can link this in the show notes, but all I can think of is the, I think it was a uh, Captain Morgan commercials where, <laughs> where the guy picked up his drink, uh, the, that's like heavy condensation, uh, captain and Coke and like the, uh, coaster stuck to the bottom and he's like staring at it and he's like, miracle. <laughs> because i don't remember that you don't remember that there's like this whole series of like this drunk guy calling things miracles (laughs) and they're nowhere close to actual miracles (laughs) i don't remember that at all but it sounds actually pretty funny doing the exact opposite of what you guys are talking about and actually cheapening the word miracle (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but very funny um or perhaps i dreamt it all and in which case i doubt it uh i i enjoyed it um are they allowed to borrow from your crazy brain waves and that'd be great do that commercial yeah if, that, did, if so really and they do that then link to it in future show notes like Kyle, um, i feel like so. you would actually be good in advertising yeah maybe so you've never <laughs> you should have been doing ad beer but only only the really weird like no really burger weird king stuff, stuff. <laughs> yeah burger no like old spice burger king um yeah <laughs> wendy's twitter account <laughs> stuff like that nothing I, mainstream for you know sure. what thank you guys Thank no, you. No, I, I no take problem. it as a compliment. Um, or you could take like Nike commercials in a completely different direction. Yeah, you could. Um, um, and and I might take oh, the con- I, it might take their stocks in a completely <laughs> different the- direction. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that took it all down. Um, so like in Elizabethtown, I I dig the song. Um, it's like it's not my favorite song on the record, but you know yeah. it's a, it's a good song. It's got a good vibe. It's an album song. Yeah, totally. it's not a. It's yeah. meant to be the weird. Yeah. 
album song in the middle of the record. I mean, it's kind of got that that vibe to it. Uh, let's go to, or sorry, that was Let the Flames Begin that has the weird vibe. Miracle doesn't have the weird vibe, but still, I feel like we're in that middle part yeah. of the whole record. Yeah, like the middle. The, the when yeah. it rains, Let the Flames Begin and Miracle are kind of like, uh, we're in the middle of it. We can be a little different. Okay, let's go to Crush, Crush, Crush. Your mouth scribbled out the truth with their lies, you little spies. They taped over your mouth, scribbled out the truth with their lies, you little spies. Nothing compares to a quiet evening alone. Just no one to have to jump in here and say who would count that song one two three four so wait that's the tempo and we're playing this in halftime one, two, three, four. sorry this is one two three four is the tempo of this one, two, song three, one two three four one two three four one two uh anyway thoughts uh kyle on crush 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 so it's funny that you should point that specific thing out because i really like this song i i freaking rock out to it in the car i enjoy it my least favorite part of this entire album is that part and that not just the not just the count but like even just the crash 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 yeah. crash i'm like what 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 are you what's happening right now like why are you do- like i picture like I picture, I, I don't know, like I picture being in the studio and like, okay, so I'm just going to vibe on this for a second. You guys just hit record and she's just <laughs> seen crush over and over again. And everyone was just like afraid to be like, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah. It sounded great. You, See, I have a different so, theory. Okay. All right. I, I think that it was a, like, what are we going to do between the verse and the chorus that works? Cause they don't, they don't jive right into each other. Yeah. And no idea. It sound this sounds like something a producer would be like. Hey, what if we, you yeah. know, hit that one chord or whatever? Man, I don't, and, I don't like it. It is my know, least favorite part of the album. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, crash, not super crash, into it, but I like crash, the crash. general. Two, three, yeah, <laughs> but it just it, it doesn't it does not lend itself to. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't like the part of the album either that much, but. Um, but I wanted to get the verse and a little bit of the chorus in there. And I wanted to get that bouncy vibe. Yeah. Because I do feel like this, it's all, is, it's this, awesome. is, this is the genesis of that vibe that they continue to have yes. that kind of culminates in Ain't It Fun? Kind of like it's a little bit more kind of bouncy. Well, uh, well I like... That pushing kind of thing. I like before it. And I yeah. like after it a whole, whole lot. When they're doing yeah. it, I'm like, why are, why are they doing this right now? And I get what you mean. You know, you got to get from one to the other, but man, right. it's just not a, it's, it's, they didn't, it's a, I feel like they didn't do it gracefully. Everything, an walk. And I resent it because they, because they named the song after it too. And I'm like, no, right. <laughs> it's like, guys, yeah. maybe if we name the song after it, we just really embrace it. We're going to own it, man. <laughs> this is the song is this part. But I am always curious. This is always the thing that, like, I'm sure they never got asked about. But I would be so yeah. curious to ask them if I had the chance. Would be like, like, where did that come from? Was that always in the song? Was it something a producer came up with? It was it like we didn't know what we were gonna do, or was it like from the get go? Like, no, that we loved it, and this was what we wanted to do. I don't know. And no. I'll chalk any of that up to the fact that they were young. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're still figuring all this stuff out. They, like I said, get kind of better with every album at this point. So, dude, I, f- all of I these feel songs, like. All I feel like all of us right now would put all of our money in our bank accounts on 
<laughs> if there was a part of this album that was manufactured or placed anywhere, it is that part of that song. That's yeah, it right? popped in my yeah, no, it popped in my head the the moment I heard it, especially like listening with like my sound canceling headphones and it was like right there. I was like, uh, cause it, but the other thing too is like, there's nothing like that. No. All the way up to it. Yeah. There's not a single moment in the, in the record up to this point that I'm aware yeah. of where I thought like, Oh, that's a producer going like, it needs something. Like, I, I also feel it like it's, it's like you even, guys go to lunch, you come back, I'm going to have an idea. I'm going to play it for you. I'll Haley, s- if you could stay. <laughs> <laughs> I should just say the word crush once. And I'm gonna Dude, also, just cut I, feel like she, I feel like she nails everything, right? All the time. She's always on and she nails. And I feel like she didn't hear. I feel like she's trying to be seductive and she's actually kind of creepy. Like, it's not. Oh, it, no, I think it's supposed to be creepy. Really? Uh, well, she's bravo then. Because, like, it's just like, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel her watching me when she's saying it. Crush. Because I mean, like, uh, I mean, it's got the line about like I noticed your eyes are always glued to me. I mean, like, it sounds like it's supposed to be kind of stalkerish. I don't know. That's what I always got from it. I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about in the chorus at all, but about taping over their mouth or whatever. I don't know. (laughs) Creepy. (laughs) But no, it, it always this song. Yeah, the lyrics have creepy vibes for me anyway. So that would that doesn't shock me. Yeah, that that's what you're getting out of that thing. All right, well, let's go to "We Are Broken" track. Uh, whatever. I just want to say oh, wait, the bridge of this song is great. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's a good bridge. It rocks, man. Yeah, that kind of lo-fi thing. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And like I said, I like the bouncy vibe. Hey, real that, quick, guys, is that, that the suckiest up, yeah. pre-chorus <laughs> on any song that we've done? It's a crap sandwich of a pre-chorus. It is a it's crap a cra- yeah, no, sandwich of a pre-chorus. CS for sure, man. Yeah, because we talk about how important those are, and yeah, you're right. It, it's just, like I said, an awkward walk. <laughs> yeah. Stop uh, playing. Stop playing that pre-chorus, Haley. Yeah. Yeah. Keep playing we'll misery business. That. Just cut that part out of that song. All right, let's go. To we are broken. Chris, what are your thoughts on We Are Broken? Ballad, man. Ballad it up. That is like I can see the teenage girls crying when I when, when you know, with their hands up. Like I I mean, they nailed it. That's a great spot for for uh, for that vibe, too. I, this one felt very mature to me. I did notice that the producer, this David Bendith guy who's produced, I think, 16 million records, um, from from what I was seeing, um, it, it kind of shows like the maturity of this song compared to the other songs. Like it's, you know, you can see, you see that they maybe have a little assistance, a little help, but I, I don't care. I like it. It's a good song. It's a good ballad. That brings up a point in my last song. I like wonder where, when you're that young, I, I like, I do really wonder like when songs were written because I think it matters a mm. lot when you're that yeah. young and fresh that like, 
like was misery business did that come late in the process of songwriting oh, did i got you you know because like crush 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 is a good example of something where i think for the most part it has some vibes on it where like oh that's kind of what ends up being a yeah. kind of defining factor of paramore going forward and you wonder if that came later in the process when they were kind of becoming better at identifying themselves and going like oh this is kind of our sound or whatever I just I always wonder that, especially like early on, on less so about like a, a a first record because you have so much time to write it, but on a second record, especially you know, timeline wise, it's like a few months can make a huge difference when you're like way better at band because you've been touring a lot, or you're just getting a be- to be a better songwriter because you've been songwriting a lot. And you hear about albums all the time that you're like, the song almost didn't make it on the record because it like they basically wrote it like we have to get this on the record because it's so good. And you just got to think that if you're 17 and writing songs that you've (laughs) I imagine you're only getting better at it. You're not like burnt out on it at that point or out of ideas. And so I think that every day or week that goes by that you can write another song is probably like adding to the the betterness of this record. So I've always been curious about but I couldn't find anything about like when they wrote all the songs or order or, you know, that kind of thing. That's always kind of a hard part to find because rarely do people like go, Oh yeah, well I wrote this one on June 17th. And then, you know, that's just not in the liner notes. So that's why um, we need these folks need to come on our show and talk to us. Uh, yep. should. Kyle, what are your thoughts on we are broken? I really like it. I, uh, I think her voice sounds phenomenal on it. I mean, and, and going back to the age thing, like, 18 year old sounding like that is yeah. just uh you know special special voice so you know it's funny guys mm. i don't like this song wow not a I fan just, yeah and i'm normally into the kind of ballady thing but there's just something about this one that feels a little too we are the world or something i don't yeah, know it's I can like see that. there's just something that feels it just feels like it doesn't fit on this record like okay it, like to me when it rains feels like it fits on the record, but this one doesn't for some reason. And I can't put my finger on what it is about. No, I, that's why I mentioned the producer helping out. Cause it, yeah, no, it, it, like I said, it's, I, and it it's a departure. They kind of have one of those on almost every record for me, which is kind of one weird thing about this band. They almost always have a song on a record where I'm just like, where is this coming from based on the rest of this record that's happening? And this is that song for me on this one. And I don't know that that means it, it's bad. I think it just means that like, I go like, what is like this, doesn't feel like it should be here. And then that makes me think it's bad because it's like, feels like my white blood cells attacking something because <laughs> it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> uh, maybe that's a, a they're already exhausted analogy. from the pre chorus and now they have to go attack this whole song. <clears throat> that might be what it is. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But yeah, I was kind of like, this is my most meh kind of one. I don't hate it or anything like that. I'm just like, meh. I don't know. It's my weirdness. So, okay, let's go to uh, Fences. thoughts on fences learn your bass scales kids so you can play this play play like this it's important to know them because you never know this whole album's got like this same vibe and then all of a sudden they pull this thing out which i 
freaking love. I love they took some chances and did some interesting things. And this song and the next song are, are they kind of open things up a little with some interesting ideas. Um, uh, yeah, I love the vibe. I love the snaps. <laughs> it's, just, it's a freaking cool song. I feel like I'm bad about, um, especially when a genre is less familiar to me, I'll attribute like, oh, this is the band that did this. And I'm normally wrong about who actually ushered in that thing. But I mean, this has got a total Panic at the Disco vibe, right? I mean, like, did they invent that pushing the beat thing that has this vibe? I mean, not invent it, but like in this genre wise, were they the first people to do it like full on? Because I feel like like the whole of Panic at the Disco I guess I, I, was I, I don't really vibe. understand what you meant by that, pushing the uh, beat. <clears throat> just everything's just a slight push. It's just like it actually hits on the and of four. Oh, just for the okay, one. Yeah. Like, well, dun, they, dun, weren't they dun, on dun, Killed dun, by Ramen dun, too? Dun, yeah. Dun. It feels like it has to have at least been influenced by that kind of um, vibe. But, yeah. And I mean, and, they, and, why not be a little, infl- I mean, labels had that effect, especially yeah. back then, you know, like doghouse bands kind of had like yeah. a vibe, Tooth and Nail bands had a vibe, um, Vagrant bands had a vibe, like, like you could listen to the Hot Rod Circuit record and Says a Day record, like they kind of, right? yeah, they were borrowing from each other. Maybe that's what happened. That's an interesting point. I didn't notice that until you just said that. That's that's, yeah, that's just one absolutely. thing I always thought about this song because it sounded like a it could it could literally be a Panic of the Disco song. No, you can I can like picture Brandon singing maybe not as well, high, that, but yeah. That bass line is it's they were a band that was doing weird things like that. It was like as much as yeah. they kind of like were like this weirder version of Fallout Boy. This is kind of what Panic well, and the that, Disco and was that's always what I was like. For about me. This song is but Paramore doesn't do anything like that, and then no. it, this song's just kind of it sticks out. Um, but I like it. Yeah, so there's definitely uh, some of that, and we do get to see some like actual bass line stuff going on, which then we get a little bit more as the albums progress. Uh, yeah. <laughs> gosh, but by their self-titled one. Oh, I mean, oh, you can you can play that thing. It. He's literally slapping <laughs> it on "Ain't It Fun," and it's amazing to hear a slap bass on this punk rock record. Essentially, um, Kyle, any thoughts on uh, on fences? Nothing that you dudes hadn't already said. It's it's a it's a jam for me, dudes. It's a good one. It's a good song. Yeah, that it's chorus a, is just really groove. cool. Yeah, so. the second guitar in the background. Yeah, and her vocals are just awesome. Like she just got all. I I imagine no one has ever said to her like, "Can you do it with a little bit more feeling in the studio?" <laughs> like I don't think that that's a problem for her. Can you like feel it more. She's just she owns it. Like she's uh she's like that live. Obviously, I would imagine. Uh, getting in a studio with her is awesome because you can just be like, no, really? Like, she just seems like she lays it all out there. I don't feel like she's ever given it 85% or something. Uh, which brings us to the final track on the record, which is Born for This. Kyle, what are your thoughts on the final track, Born for This? It is a perfect final track, as far as I'm concerned. It's like it's a great final track. I I think that we uh I think there's a lot of times that we talk about uh how someone should have ended it before, like they had a high note and and they shouldn't have messed with it. 
And, uh, and we talk a lot about how, I mean, we talk so much about someone nailing the opening track that it, it, it must be easy. Right. But man, they freaking nailed this ending. Like it is perfect. I'm going to go ahead and say it's their best final track. They really actually don't do good final tracks on most of their record, which is my my only complaint as a general thing for them as a band is that they their last track on their album I generally don't love, and it kind of bums me out because the rest of it's normally so phenomenal. But the last track I'm kind of like, like it seems like going forward, like this one is like we're going a million miles an hour for this last track. And you're going to want to start the whole thing over again. Yep. And I feel like every other record of theirs is like, let's put the weirdest thing at the end of this record yeah. and make it eight minutes long and have a slam poetry on top of it or something. And it's just like, I don't know, like the vibe of this album just totally just like blew up. Yeah. Uh, but this is a great last song. They, I, you know, it's, it's really good. It's uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on born for this? Oh no, I freaking, freaking love this song uh talk about like writing a lyric and a uh, melody to just basically force your crowd at gunpoint to have to sing along or you're dead inside i mean um it's a great ender i i also love the like the little like wink at um the refused the um with the um that little that little tag they do before we want the airwaves back Oh, right. Yeah, um, that's that was I, I don't know. I, I like that they. Uh, I don't know. I, I I always found it difficult to do like the tongue in cheek, cute, cutie reference to like a band you looked up to or a band you were friends with or something like that without it being like too on the nose. And I, I, I like that little touch. That was, that's really cool. It's a cool song, man. Really cool. It freaking rocks. Yeah, her vocals are, are great again on it. Like I said, a ton of. It's kind of sad. The lyrics, like, I, you know, I was trying to like pick out what I thought the theme was. Um, I, I couldn't. I was hovering between like being under pressure to perform so well or per- perform so great, or if the theme was more fame and uh, success in this industry are so fleeting. You have to treat every moment like it's the last one. And that's kind of what I get from it. Is that I'm, what you do? I'm more okay. on the latter. I'm pretty bad at interpreting lyrics though. I'm notoriously either don't pay attention or just totally miss the point. So, so yeah. maybe I'm not a great person to be a, agreeing at all, but there's that, this is the point in a band's career where you have not solidified yourself yet. You can knock it out of the park on your second record, be on top 40 radio and then disappear in three years. So I appreciate what she's going through. They did end up solidifying. Like if you get, you get two more albums under your belt and you knock it out, you're good. You got yeah. you got a career playing summer festivals. You're fine. <laughs> you just need, you got to get the four, man. You got to get the four, baby. Yeah, um, yeah. They certainly, and you got to think like obviously they were doing okay, but like oh, they yeah, didn't yeah. know this album was going to be. Obviously, when they're writing and recording the song, they don't know where they're going to be at. I mean, like, gosh, how could you have? Uh, that's what you get in misery business on here, and not know that you. <laughs> but I mean I guess you're always like there's tons of bands like that that had were awesome and and it just didn't work out and so you you know it can certainly happen um but you know obviously in this case uh didn't uh they ended up going on to be quite successful but I'm sure you don't know that when you're when you're writing this stuff so um that is track by track uh, unless uh y'all have any more thoughts on the tracks 
Did any of us touch on on that last one? Like even just the outro of the last song freaking kicks butt. No, I did not talk about the outro, I mean, but it does. Freaking awesome. So it's good. I didn't want to put the outro as a clip because yeah, that felt totally. not right. But um, yeah, it's good. Good final track. I think it's one of their best final tracks for sure. Um, all right, let's go to lasting impressions. Does it hold up, fellas? Chris, this would be a good one to come to you for because listening to it a little bit more like as the whole album now in 2020, uh, and obviously that makes you know this is 13 years after the, it comes out. Like, do you think it holds up or does it feel a little bit too like 2007 or does it feel like an no, band I, I, early in their ways? Or? I honestly thought that was one of the most interesting things about it to me um, is that I think it absolutely holds up. Sonically, um, it sounds really good. Um, the The producer and the engineering team that worked on this did a great job. It holds up completely. Um, and the, the songs that make this album great, I think, have a timeless quality to them that make them really great. And then, you know, the songs that don't do it is great. They have the, it's almost like the exact opposite. Like if, if you were to look at my, me doing my hands, it's like these diverging patterns between like, uh, you know, cause the get what you get song, like that's, that song sounds like it could come out and be on the radio now. Um, if a, if a band did it and put their own twist on it. So. Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting note as far as success goes for this band. Um, they are one of the very few people that break the Nashville curse of actually being from Nashville and selling a million records. Uh, obviously Nashville is more of a country town, but it's, it's kind of like this curse of actually, if you're actually from there, you can't find success. So they broke it a couple times. Uh, nice. With, so uh, good for them yeah. to be from, I mean, they're technically, I think from Franklin, which is like a suburb of Nashville, but same idea, you know, you get the the point there. So, ends up being very successful for them. Yeah. I mean, Kyle, what are your thoughts on holding up wise? I mean, cause now that we're to you and me who are more overall Paramore fans. I mean, yeah, I do think it holds up. I still think it's a great, uh, it's a really great pop rock record. I think when you have a voice like this, I think, I think it's hard for it to not hold up because it's like still very impressive. Right. Uh, uh but like, I think that the music, I, I agree with Chris. Like, I th- I think that the music is still relevant. Um, I don't think this sounds like an old, like if we, I think we've said this a couple times and I don't mean to pick on them at all, but I think if we, if we put in good Charlotte's first record and listen to it, it's going to, it probably hasn't aged as well as this. You know what I mean? Like, God, no, no. <laughs> no. like, and that's not that's not. not to rip on that record, right? But it's just it, it hasn't aged as well. Like there, it it is from a distinct time, and yeah. um, and so yeah, I, dude, I think I think that it has aged well, and um, and I think that knowing their ages, uh, also like, I, I'm still impressed with it. So yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, so I'm mostly impressed because of how young they were, but because they become so much better, in my opinion, it's yeah. not the one I go back to all the time. When I want to listen to Paramore, I'm generally listening to everything that came after this. Same. And it's not that this album's not good, it's just that it was the kind of the beginning of all that, and so like, I still think this is a really good record. It's even better be, as a sophomore record, it's even better than that because they were like 18 to 22 years old. I mean, that's that's really the part that makes it go like, and I think if this was the peak of them, I would be like, 
you know, if they never came up with another record after this, I'd probably put it higher in my does it hold up rating sure. because I don't have these other things that come after it. Um, but it's, it's, it is one of those cases where it's like, and unfortunately this doesn't happen where someone gets a massive amount of excess of success on a record and then continues to get better. Sometimes it's really hard to do that. Sometimes you can go too off the rails yeah. and abandon everything that people liked about you. And they didn't do that with the next record for sure. Um, and so it's fortunate that they, they got to keep making good records. It doesn't always work out that way. When you have a two time platinum record, you hear all the time about people that can't follow that up with something that's successful. Um, so I'm, I'm certainly glad they did. And like I said, cause they've, uh, they kind of slowly became one of my favorite bands. Like I was very impressed with them when this album came out, but I wasn't their biggest fan or something. And, and then the next one came out and I was like, Oh man, I like this too. This is better. And then, you know, that kind of kept happening. And so I would say it for that reason, it doesn't hold up as well, but only because so much good stuff came after it. Like I said, if it was the last record they made, I'd probably hold it in higher regard, which just sounds like a weird opinion no i, I so, mean that makes no. sense to me i get it what about is it their best album fellas um what do y'all think nope nay nope. yeah how nay. could it I'm, be i'm not here i'm not there either it's yeah it just can't <laughs> be um now i mean that being said it's got some great songs yeah i mean um but as a whole no it's not as good as as the ones that in my opinion come after it um so i'm with you on that i think we all agree um, do you, I mean, do we want to talk about, do you, what's their best album? I mean, like, do you guys have a opinion on that? Ooh, I, I want know. to know the answer to that, my opinion on that question. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to, I think the, the record that I listened to the most was the self-titled one. Um, yeah. uh, and, and that record, um, just on its own. It was just so freaking good. Like every song was perfect uh, of those singles that they released. And I really enjoyed listening to the whole record. So that one's hard to beat, man. <laughs> Kyle, what you, you feel the same way? Where are you? Maybe. So yeah, I know I think, I'm, I'm right I there too. It's hard. <laughs> I feel like maybe they've gotten progressively better with each record after this, which is, I think they did, which is really impressive, you know, like just to keep putting out better music. Um, but I do also really love, uh, the Paramore record, the, the self-titled or, yeah, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And honestly, like, uh, I think that this is a really, the, uh, Riot is a really, really good record. It's a really good start. And I completely follow, I I'm tracking with you, Blake, that like, if this was their last record or this was the best they ever did, it would, it would still be great. But yeah, if, if like, um, man, I, I don't know. I think I've listened to Paramore the most, but I think that each record has gotten better. I think so too. I think, I mean, I think brand new eyes, self-titled and, um, after laughter are just like so good and they're also different. And it, it is like an evolution of a mm-hmm. band that I just go like, Sorry for me to pick there, like, but uh, it did feel like there was such a risk that they took with that self-titled one that it felt like 
and it was the first one with just like with the Fair Brothers had left. I think everyone yep. kind of counted them out maybe a little yeah. bit, and like they came out swinging with this like all over the place kind of epic four part uh-huh. record with the little interlude. I mean, to, yeah. So I think that's their they're kind of like jewel in the crown kind of thing for them. I think that uh, it's, um, but. This, I mean, like, good for them for having a bunch of records that we're going to be like, oh, it's hard to pick, you know? Oh, like, that's, yeah. no, that's what I was going to say. It's like, this yeah. one's really good, but I think the three that come after it are three nearly perfect, if not perfect, yep. records. And they're, yeah, and they're just better than this because yep. I think as a whole, they're a little more cohesive. Not that this one's not cohesive. It's just like I said, it's well, like they get older, getting... they get better. They just get better. Yeah. They're just better musicians yeah. on the next one and better songwriters and stuff. So, um, but like, is it their most important album? That's kind of a different question, you know. Probably so. It, it probably mean, allowed them to, you know, become, yeah, whoever they wanted to be on the next record. Because yeah, the albums that come after this probably don't happen if this one's not, yeah, you know, at least mildly successful. Sure, I think it's their most important one, probably as far as like. They don't get to make the self-titled one at this point. They couldn't have made right. that in 2007. Without the success of this, they the don't get to take the risks they took. Yeah, you can't make that record later. Later, So that's why I think it's Im- more important is because without it, they don't get to where they're at now. Yeah, I'm with you. Um. Okay, well, let's go to our little award section. Desert Island songs, two or three of your favorites. Uh, Chris, I'm interested to hear yours as a, as a newer... Paramore listener ish. I know that you didn't listen to him. You know right, I mean. right, right, right. But you like got actually a fresher set in. of ears than than Kyle and I. Yeah, I think my Desert Island songs. Um, I'm I'm a sucker for Misery Business because I, I I don't know, man. Let's just I love that song so much. Um, and and then after um, after uh, listening to this album a few times, I think my other two are going to be Crush, Crush, Crush. I know the pre. I know we have our thoughts about the pre-chorus, our feelings, but I like the chorus a lot, and I think that bridge freaking rocks. And then um, "Born for This" for me. Uh, Kyle, what are your Desert Island songs? So I am going to stick with my birthday buddy on "Born <laughs> for This." Uh, great track, and I think, man, I just, you know, we spent so much time about misery business <laughs> that I don't think we left in, a bad taste in your mouth. Well, I don't think we, any of us expressed how awesome the song was. I think we were just no, like, it's amazing. Frustrated. I, no, but that's why I'm so frustrated. Totally. About it. It's because I love the song and it's fantastic. They'll start playing it again later. They'll uh, get over it. But, but like, so, so misery business. Cause like it, it kicks butt, um, born for this. And, Oh, Oh, you know, it's a toss up, but I think I'm going to go hallelujah. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's hard for me. Um, I think I, I have to put that's what you get in misery business. And it's not just because they're the singles. It's because they are such good songs. Like they're, I'm just insanely jealous. I wrote the first song I ever wrote when I was 17 and it was... <laughs> Nowhere near. <laughs> it wouldn't have been on the radar of being included on on a B side of any of these these songs. I mean, it's like, have you promised yourself not to play it again? <laughs> no, 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 it's not that bad. Okay. I mean, it was an okay for a first song. It was okayish. It was fine. Like it was, it was a decent, pretty good song for a first song. But it was not. I mean, to be that age and be writing 
these songs, I mean, gosh, it's they're so good. So I think I have to pick those two because I love those two songs. But it's really hard for me to pick the third one. I think I'm going to go... I think I might go born for this. Like, I think I might be with you on that. Um, Ooh, but it's kind of a toss-up. It's hard. We all like that song a lot. We do. It's a great ending track. I really do like it. And it's got a great feel. Um, what about Nobody's Perfect? What's the worst song in the album? Chris. <sighs> it's hard for me. Uh I I guess it's a uh, man. I'm just gonna say when it rains. Okay, but it was hard for me. Let the flames begin. Uh, Kyle, what's yours? Is it? Uh, mine is the pre-chorus <laughs> to "Crush, Crush, Crush." But but hey, I, I that's think okay. It could be the, a part of a song. I think that's fine. I think I just figured, I think I just cracked a bit of, of, of maybe not a mystery, but we've been talking about something in timeline. And I think I just figured something out that's just going to, I mean, it kind of pisses me off. Freaking Taylor York was 15 when he wrote that song. That's why he wasn't in the band yet. He's 15 years old. I didn't realize he was younger than she was. Yes. So he's like barely in high he's school. He's 31 right alone. now. He's 31. He's so talented. He's 15 he is, when he wrote that song, which is well, why he's not Nashville, in the band yet. Yeah. Growing up in Nashville yeah. probably doesn't hurt year-round. Well, and his dad is his dad was the head of, of uh, Sparrow. And oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I so, I mean, okay. uh, Taylor's super talented. I think that the, the best thing that happened for this band was the Farrow Brothers leaving and Taylor becoming the, the musical creativity completely behind agree. the band. Like, I think it's the best thing that happened. And uh, I like that, you know, Zach's back in the band now. So we've got a little bit of that original thing going on. Uh, but gosh, I mean, yeah, he's super talented and you're right. We I'm sorry to derail us guys, but 15. I keep, no, I, I, yeah, I keep playing the scenario in my head, Kyle, where like your wife, you, you, your wife, like is talking over breakfast tomorrow. She's like, what's this pre-chorus you're, you were mu- muttering in your sleep about? Like you really hate it. <laughs> she's just going, he's just sleeping going crush. <laughs> so bad. Why? It's such a bad call. Such a bad artistic choice. <laughs> I think mine is We Are Broken. It just feels really out of place for me. Oh, yeah. You and, mentioned uh, the that one not bumming you just out. Doesn't vi- yeah, it just doesn't vibe for the rest of the record for me. And like I said, I always like a ballad. I always yeah. like the slow song. I, I love When It Rains, but um, first, it's a little too ballady on, on We Are Broken. Mm-hmm. Um, first record in a while where we were bumming on some songs. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. We've and had I, a hot streak of like, I can't really pick a bad one. And so we're always like, you know, just to let you see how the sausage is made a little bit. Sometimes we have trouble picking which album to do first of a band. It's like, should we do the first successful record or should we do the one we love the most? Or should we do their first one regardless of whether it was popular or not? This one just felt like we have to talk about this one to talk about any of the other Paramore records that yep. come after it, which I like more than this record. But I feel mm-hmm. like this, you got to have to talk about this record. It was a like moment. Yeah, you have to talk about End of the State before you can talk about yep. their unth- their whatever we called it, untitled, self-titled. Uh, you know, I feel like you kind of have to have that precursor discussion or you'll just end up talking about that other record for a whole other episode. So that's why we're doing this one first. Um, uh, but we did the opposite on Saves the Day. So we're just kind of, we can do what we want, right? Yep, so, we do what yeah. we want. Um, what about Grower Not a Shower, fellas? Is there one that maybe you didn't like at first, but you, it grew on you? Whoever wants to go. I For me, it, it was Crush, Crush, Crush again. Um, I think the title was a little off-putting to me. 
to be honest. Um, and, and like the chorus is really cool, but it's got kind of that weird swingy vibe. Uh, the whole song is a piece of music pre-chorus aside. Um, kind of like upon listening to it this week, I, I fell in love with it a little bit more. Not the pre-chorus, Kyle. Don't it's hate me. Though, don't come to my know. house and hit me. Kyle, what's your grower, not a shower? I I don't have one, and I think I think for me it's it's like on this record I either like what they had or I didn't, and I think that that just kind of happens when you have such a phenomenal vocalist like this. Like she could freaking sing the alf the alphabet, and it would it would sound great. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes when someone sings that well, it's actually a challenge to 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 be in the room and determine what's what's good and what isn't you know what i mean because it's like they're just so good at what they do that doesn't that doesn't mean that they should do it you know what i mean and so like i don't know i it, i i like what i like and i dislike what i di- what i dislike it's always been the same for me on this record nothing's grown on me it's never going to yeah. change i think i think uh let the flames begin has grown on me just because i liked that part too that they did on the self-titled record that has some of the same parts some of the same lines and stuff like that, but it's, you know, a kind of a continuation. It made me go back and revisit this song. Uh, and I think the fact that there's these two things that are on, you know, they're two albums apart from each other and kind of connectivity to the song. I like it. I think it's cool when artists throw call back to stuff they've done before. So that might be my grower just because I like what came after it, but it's not, I'm kind of with you, Kyle. I kind of like what I like then. And I'd still like that. Those things for the most part. Um, <clears throat> Any other final thoughts on on the record or, or anything? I actually do have a th- final thought. I just asked you for yours, but I'm going to give you mine. I, I should have brought this up earlier when we were talking about Misery Business, but I thought of it when you were talking, Kyle. Um, the good example of how to like sing a song that actually you don't feel the same way anymore is I saw Billy Joel, and he's playing Just the Way You Are. <laughs> and he, goes, <laughs> he gets the line about, I said I love you, and that's forever, and he just kind of kind of shrugs his shoulders to the audience kind of like ah, you know that was like three divorces ago uh. <laughs> and it's kind of like you know he knows that like uh yeah i mean i got divorced from her and then married another person divorced then married another and you know and it was just kind of funny that he took it like in jest you know instead uh-huh. of taking it so seriously as like no i wrote that and i meant it at the time and now i don't mean it so i can't sing the song anymore and i know that's a totally different thing than calling someone a whore <laughs> Yeah, but, but to me, that's the that's the idea is like you can separate from from that. Sure. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm going to stop talking about misery business. I promise. Um, I've I've ranted for for long enough. Join, well, join the club. <laughs> yeah. Do hey, you guys yeah, have it's a controversial topic, man. I mean, it is. Yeah. Do it, you all have it, actually it was kind of perfect that they were talking about it while we were doing this record. Yeah. Um. Any any other final thoughts, fellas? Guess I not. need to see this band live. I mean, oh, they're great. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think really that's suggest- probably what separates you guys from me. I bet if I if I had seen them live, I bet that would have changed things for me. This was my uh, daughter's first concert. Took her when she was four, and because she loves Paramore, and it was awesome. So I uh, think highly suggest it. I think when I heard her, it was when you hear a voice like this, you're like, you know, is she going to have that control? Is she going to, yeah. is she going to sound that good? And yes, she, she does. Is. Yes. And it's, I mean, it's just insane, dude. So she sounds so good. Yeah. And they're all really good musicians too. Um, well, and they've yeah, been those doing other it for guys are pretty good. Half their life. Yeah. Literally. You know what I mean? Like, so 
It makes sense. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and again, if you like what you hear here, please consider giving us a glowing review on iTunes and you can subscribe. So those new episodes just show up on your phone when we release them every other Tuesday. Uh, you can send us. It's a miracle. It is. It is. <laughs> it's a Christmas it's miracle. A te- it's a technological Christmas miracle. Uh, and you can send us comments, disagreements, suggestions to info at findingemopod.com or you can get us on Twitter at Finding Emo Pod. Uh, or on Facebook at Finding Emo Pod, or on Instagram at Finding Emo Pod. Um, Kyle, do you are you have you picked a record that we're doing next? Or are we gonna let it be a surprise? Oh shoot, <laughs> he, he's uh, not. Yeah, are we know, definitely gonna do it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I think we'll do uh, Taking Back Sunday. Tell all your friends. Yeah, let's do uh, that next episode. So that'll be our first episode of 2021. This is our last one, I guess, of 2020. Whoa. So uh, I guess we're just going to wish y'all a Merry Christmas and we'll catch you in 2021, which will hopefully be less of a show than 2020. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Peace (laughs) out. My God. (laughs) We'll catch y'all next time. Bye.